Bizzle. We call the Jesse James. Jesse, aka the Bizzle. Yo, the Bizzle. Thank you. <laughs> the Bizzle. Thank you, the Bizzle. Yeah. The Bizzle. All right, ladies and gentlemen of the Bizzle cast. I know I made you wait a few extra days with the San Diego San Diego Comic Con announcements of Marvel that were even more through the roof than we could have possibly imagined. Even though there were many clues leading up to it, it is an absolute orgy of amazingness that I was really not ready for following phase three of marvel i'm so much more excited about television and film marvel going forward and i am here with one of my star wars experts but also a guy who loves other properties that i love like starcraft and so forth his name is abdiel you've heard him on the civil war commentary which was amazing some other star wars podcast abdiel we have plenty of star wars stuff to talk about but i think as i introduce you my man you are a senior contributor of the Bizzlecast with all the, your appearances welcome we need to focus on, on marvel right now welcome my friend yo what's going on so just to rehash this guys if you haven't heard me and abdiel before we met playing the x-wing miniatures super nerdy but super fun the star wars game a couple years ago at red caps corner gaming a store in west philadelphia um abdiel i think it's safe to say we became friends over many things other than x-wing very quickly which was good uh because there was going to be a downtime for it uh but now it's back um and i just really quickly man um and again welcome and thank you i can't wait to talk all all the marvel announcements i do want to tease two podcasts that we have talked about that we are definitely doing one of them is a star wars gaming podcast mostly probably around x-men because it's popular but also armada and so forth i know you play tonight and i'm glad the game's still going but the other one man is one i didn't expect to bond with you over which is starcraft which is just one of the most beautiful and brilliant mythologies over like, you know, 25 years of gaming. Um, it's just a computer game, but in this amazing mythos. And you and I have been talking about Raynor and Kerrigan and Manx and so forth as I played through and streamed. And I finally finished, man. I finished the Protoss campaign and the epilogue. I've finished StarCraft 2. 60 missions beginning to end. Everything streamed online. I absolutely love it. I wanted to tease that we're going to do a StarCraft lore mythos podcast because Abdil, I think I'm safe in saying we will be the only ones who have done such a th- accomplished such a thing before yeah that was the first time that's the first time for a while now people now not a lot of people talk about starcraft so just really quick because i like to start with something non-traditional and just tease whatever my relationship is with my podcasters which normally good friends of mine but we can assume people have listened to them before listened to us before which is we were talking about doing a star wars podcast and then guys we're going to we have so much Marvel to talk about. Uh, we're just going to run down the list. It's going to be epic and amazing. But I do want to just talk about this really quickly. You honed in when I mentioned StarCraft really quickly. It means a lot to me. It meant a lot as a gamer growing up. But I love the the, the Kerrigan story and so forth. Uh, and when I, as soon as it like came out of my mouth that I was playing it, you honed in on it and, and were super interested. Um, just to tease that podcast and ease us in to a much larger Marvel podcast with a different topic. What's your relationship with Starcraft that, that that you were also so fascinated like me and you honed in when I brought it up and was like, Oh, we should talk about that. Um, so I played it since the, I think the early nineties. Like, yeah. 97. 97. Yep. Yeah. That's when I, when I, um, loved it. 
Uh, it reminds me of like just like Doom, um, D U N E, the Doom Two. Pretty much build your campaign and go against the enemy. It was that that game is just amazing. That game was amazing, and Doom was and way, Starcraft was amazing. I thought it uh, Warcraft Two, uh, Tides of Darkness also did this, but Starcraft was the pinnacle because you had three races that were completely distinct. Um, mm-hmm. in an epic story that brought in Alien and you know prometheus which is part of the alien uh and firefly and starship troopers and a lot of classic sci-fi but also some original stuff man but it was the way in which it told an epic and heartfelt story completely through the missions i mean yeah. there's a couple there's way more cutscenes in the new game obviously that's just how it goes but in the original game there are very few cutscenes, and it's mostly through your mission briefings and weird betrayals and shit that happened during the mission, like with Arcturus leaving Kerrigan on the planet to die. That happens in the yeah. middle of a mission, and dude, I have the remastered version, but you can hit F5 at any time and watch it how it was in 97, non-remastered, like 8-bit sprites and so forth running around shooting each other. It looks amazing still after all these years. I've been switching back and forth doing a little streaming of it but like that Rainer Kerrigan story for a video game in the late 90s was so much more you know affecting than it than it should be um and uh I, I don't know man I was just geeked that you were geeked about that and we will tease that we have a Starcraft lore podcast coming very soon although I don't know how much you want me to spoil about what happens in Starcraft 2 ah uh, to go for it you say go for it. Okay. All right. Well, we're lining that up. And dude, that's going to be... Dude, I say dude. Dudes out there and dudettes on the Bizzlecast is going to be the first video cast, probably not period, but between me and, and Abdil, where I'm going to show a lot of the cinematics uh, and, and some of the gameplay from the original StarCraft and the new one and why it, it's so influential as a game, as an eSport, as a story. You know what I mean? There's books written about it that are great. The, the, the lore is amazing. Um, and so we'll get to use the new hardware that I've been teasing very heavily on it. Um, And Star Wars, man, we've always got tons to talk about Star Wars, but you know what? You know what? I'm always defending Star Wars over Marvel, dude. And and, and part of it's because I think Star Wars tells a non-traditional story. I think Star Wars deals with violence and adult themes in a way that Marvel does not. You know, there's huge battles in Marvel. Star Wars deals with death constantly. Rogue One specifically is about this, but it's in all the movies. And I still think Star Wars is a more adult property, and that's what it's supposed to be. Marvel is more for the masses. And it beat, dude. We did it. We beat avatar we, we we beat avatar oh, wow. with avengers man we got it done with avengers i you must be happy about that i don't know how you feel about oh, avatar yeah. i think avatar is, is a terrible terrible movie uh or at least it's extremely overrated um, I mean, I don't know. It's, I like Avatar. Okay, okay. Avatar, I know I'm going to fight over Avatar, but we yeah, can admit that Avengers okay. is more deserving, I think, of, of the Oh, crowd. yeah. Yes. It, it, was, it was very deserving. Okay. So, it, was, it was great. It uh, dealt story pretty well. It was pretty dark. You know, it was good. 
Okay, so guys, this is... Uh, I'm also going to have Simi on. I've got a Captain Marvel commentary with Jedi Geek Girl coming up soon, but also a Marvel talk. This is going to launch it, but Abdiel, this is the first official uh, uh, discussion of the MCU phase announcement at SDC 2019 going through 2021, 2022. Abdiel, uh, very quickly, and this isn't to put you on the spot, do you know the last time Marvel did this with Kevin Feige? No. In October 2014, uh, Chris Evans, a.k.a. Captain America, and Robert Downey Jr., a.k.a. Tony Stark, got on stage and introduced what we had many of us suspected but didn't know for sure, Chadwick Boseman as the Black Panther in October of 2014, announcing the Black Panther movie, which would not come until 2018, even though he would be introduced in Captain America Civil War and to have Cap, Iron Man, and Black Panther on stage already on October 2014 on stage. And that's when they announced the whole Slate Guardians 3, Thor Ragnarok, Captain Marvel, uh, the time the Inhumans, which, you know, that's a whole nother story but the, that there would be two avengers movies right that, 2014 man that was five fucking years ago um announcing all of phase three they have not done such a thing um a, as this uh now i know you are someone that absorbs the news and follows this stuff but you're not sort of on social media <laughs> in a much healthier way th- than i am um did you hear about this at some point that Marvel was going to be making a ton of announcements? Was it a specific announcement? And yes, guys, we're getting right into the Marvel announcements because there's a lot to get through, and most of them are pretty amazing. How did this piece of news hit you? Because I should have been ready for this, my dude, as a podcaster with Comic-Con, but setting up my new rig and getting the video thing going and the new business and stuff, I wasn't really paying attention as much as usual, and then all of a sudden I got text messages being, Natalie Portman's the female god of thunder. I'm like, what? What's going on? And then I tuned in and, and saw everything. So we're gonna we'll get through all those movies. That's actually one of the last ones. How did this piece of news hit you in particular? Um, I, mean, I just found out recently, actually, and that was great. It was like three uh, days ago, door. but yeah, yeah, three days ago. I mean, I was working, but, um, but was it a specific out, thing? Were people like, "Oh, Thor," or were people like, "Oh, Marvel announcement"? Like, what was? Do you remember? Like, what was the first thing that hit you? Thor, emo Thor. Okay, so this is going to be a strange podcast, guys, because Thor, in in many ways, is the most important and the biggest piece of news, but it's the last of the announced movies so far. And, Abdil, you saw Spider-Man again, and I still haven't seen it, but I'm fascinated because I've heard many rumors and many theories about Spider-Verse and other lore that have come out of this movie that are leading towards movies. They're calling Doctor Strange the multiverse of madness, just to tease you guys, May 7th, 2021, with the Scarlet Witch, my girl Elizabeth Olsen, yes, in it. It's going to be a horror movie, they say. We'll see about that. It'll be a little scarier, but the multiverse of madness is certainly related to it. So, Abdil, we talked ahead of time, so really quick. Quickly, I want you to give a non-spoiler review of your two viewings uh, or so of Spider-Man. Um, tease how it may be important going forward without giving anything away if you can. And then for you loyal listeners at the end, we're going to do a spoiler talk about the lore that came out of Spider-Man. But really quick, non-spoiler so review slash sort of lore tease from Spider-Man uh, uh, Far From Home. Um. I mean, it's it's like it blends in with the Avenger movie, um, the last one, and um, I don't want to spoil anything. I'm gonna wait to the last minute, but it blends in with the um, with Tony Stark and who's gonna be the next Iron Man. But 
We know about the uh, relationship personally, obviously. And I think what's interesting, yeah. Abdil, is Spider-Man in the comics has been important since like 50 years before we were born. But even though I read Iron Man growing up, I'm not making this up. I literally had two comic books. I read the X-Men and Iron Man. I don't know why I was into Iron Man. I thought the suit was cool. I never saw Iron Man being the front piece of Marvel. And I've actually never been a big Spidey guy until Tom Holland, who I love as Spidey in the Avengers and in everything and so forth. And so they've been building the personal relationship, but also the importance of them as superheroes. But dude, but they couldn't be any different. Tony Stark is an international man of uh, millions and billions of dollars and Tom Holland's just a poor kid from Queens with a hot aunt. Um, right? Yeah. Well, um, she wasn't really supposed to be hot, you know. Well, it's Marissa Tomei. She can't not be hot. Come on. I don't care. I uh, know. Uh, Aunt May supposed to be old, but it's all right. Whatever. Yeah, but it's all oh. worth it for that scene in Civil War where Tony Stark's hitting on Marissa Tomei. Partially, we talked about this at the time, man. We were losing it. We did our Civil War commentary because he is hitting on her because she's hot, older lady. Yeah. But he's, she, he's also hitting on her because he, she's trying to get intel on who he knows as Spider-Man. And Peter Parker totally yeah. knows. I don't know, man. Looking back, as much as I love the scenes of like Bucky and Black Panther and Cap running through the streets and Zemo and so forth in Civil War, the Iron Man Spidey stuff in Civil War it continues to be great. And is one of my biggest regrets about not seeing the new movie is this seems like the perfect postscript. Again, no spoilers for now. This seems like the po- perfect postscript to the Avengers with the death of, of Tony Stark and their relationship. Yeah, true. I agree. So, really quickly, um, out, out of out of ten, you can do out of five stars or or out of ten. What, what do you rate Spider Man just personally for you? And then we'll get back to spoiler territory with it at the very end. Ten. Wow. I get a ten. But the thing is, like, okay, yeah. this um, man also loves Solo, a Star Wars story, guys. So take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> I mean. With the actor, okay, um, who's that? The redhead girl. Um, God, God damn. Kirsten Dunst, Mary Jane. Kirsten Dunst. Mary Jane supposed to be a red hair, but they had someone who's different. I mean, who cares? Zendaya is sexy as shit. I mean, come on, let's yeah, be honest. She's okay, but I, I, I really prefer to stick with the script, get a red, get a, no, a red hair do it but all right i think it's less that zendaya's ethnic and more that this peter parker is kind of a hipster he's kind of a millennial hipster and so they needed his girlfriend to also be kind of a millennial hipster that's my theory i don't know about hipster but he was a freaking nerdy little little kid you know what i mean the things we make fun about millennials uh, you know what I mean? Like th- they had to be solidly millennials, and and them just saying fuck it to the ethnicity in, on both ends. And he's actually English. You know, I mean, it's, who cares? Oh, the English. Yes, he was English, but he did a good job doing okay. the Brooklyn, New York. So here's the tougher. So. Here's a tougher question, man. And this is going to lead into the first announcement: Black Widow, May first, twenty twenty. Yes, we're going to talk about it one sec. For, but this oh, will be yeah. the leading question, which is out of ten. How important is the lore that came out of the new Spider-Man movie going forward in the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe movie and television, in your opinion, without spoilers right now? Mm, Damn. Without spoiling, that's tough. And Um, you can include Into the Spider-Verse as sort of part of that equation. um, Sort of the two Spidey movies. Well, hmm, that's so tough. 
Well, well, can I give you my perspective, having seen Spider-Verse, but not Spider-Man, which is, it may be a coincidence that Sony uh, completely revolutionized animation, uh, talking about the multiverse and time travel um, with Spider-Man within six months of the Avengers using time travel in a way rivaled by nothing other than Back to the Future in Terminator, essentially. Um, yeah. it, that could be a coincidence, but knowing Kevin Feige and the plotting, planning brains behind Marvel and their new relationship with Sony, man, I don't think it's a coincidence that they introduced the multiverse and the time travel so close together in what's essentially the same universe. Right. Mm. You're, you're worried about pushing about up to the edge of spoilers I, here. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to have a... Sp- uh, Spider-Verse? Okay, so Spider-Man? let's save it. Let's save that. Let's save that for the Be end. Honest? Let's save that. But just as a Marvel movie, yeah, you're giving because... 10 out of 10. As just a pure Marvel movie, you're giving Spider-Man 10 out of 10. Yeah. Um, final question about Spider-Man, and we're jumping in to the MCU Phase 4 slate, which is really exciting. Um, and part of the reason it's so exciting, guys, spoiler, is that a lot of it's on television, but they're still like the most famous and most important actors and characters, if not more so than on the big screen, which is exciting in and of itself, which we're going to have to talk about, man. Really quickly, though, man, Spidey, I have had people say in terms of a pure solo movie that's related to the greater MCU universe, this is the second best solo outing after Captain America, the Winter Soldier, in terms of all of Marvel solo films, where like your name is on the movie, it's not the Avengers. D- agree, disagree, otherwise. I say agree. You say agree. Okay. 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 Nobody dies, of course, though, right? Spoiler alert: no. Marvel. <laughs> yeah, no one dies. Um, I don't know, man. Um, hmm, you'll be surprised. Save it. Save it. Save it. Save it. Save it. Save it. Okay. Okay. So, Marvel has uh, Marvel do have some episodes when um characters do die. I mean, Spider Man do have some characters there. Yeah, they kill the Scarlet. They kill Scarlett Johansson as a Black Widow, a noble sacrifice. We mourn her for like a minute and a half, and then Tony Stark dies, and we mourn him for like thirty minutes. You know, it's fine. It's like. It's like the end of Return of the King. You know, you got to go through all the postscript of the movie, which for me is, I know I'm, sh- <laughs> this is not the place to be commenting. I'm going to do it anyways because it's Marvel, dude. For me, Infinity War is always going to be the more rewatchable and better movie of the final two, personally. Um, but mm-hmm. I'm normally a middle movie guy. I'm an Empire Strikes Back guy. I'm a Matrix Reloaded guy. I'm an Age of Ultron, Infinity War guy. I like the middle movie. I like Two Towers. That's my favorite Lord of the Rings movie. Mm-hmm. I, I love the middle movie where you're just in the shit and the war is on and you're just fighting, you know? And fuck the mm-hmm. origin stories and wrapping up everything. That's That's part of the whole thing. But dude, it's not a coincidence that the first two movies... To, to the major movies to follow, and here we go into the SDCC 2019 slate. Uh, we knew this though, dude. Before you, you even saw a Spidey for the first time, I think we knew Black Widow was filming and was probably coming out next year. Now, 
we all wanted the Black Widow movie and we hoped it would happen. But honestly, in your heart of hearts, man, until Avengers, the final Avengers movie kind of wrapped in theaters and it spilled out that Scarlet was already filming overseas uh, to do the Scarlet Black Widow movie. Did you really think it would happen? And did you think it would happen this way as sort of the prequel that I think people want? For once, this is a prequel people actually want, um, as opposed to some prequels, which I won't mention, uh, which people don't necessarily want. Um, uh, What was your thought when you sort of heard it confirmed a few weeks ago, and now we know for sure about the Black Widow movie? I feel she needs this because, to me, she's as classic of a character as Iron Man and Captain America, but she hasn't had enough screen time, and this will cement it. Uh, Thoughts? I say, yeah. Um, She does need more screen time because she doesn't get much. Everyone's focused on Iron Man um, or freaking spider-man and uh dr strange everyone and except you know black widow and hawkeye both of which we're getting i think they're gonna be in each other's properties too man i'm gonna make that prediction in a second though um yeah so hawkeye hawkeye and widow are just normal human assassins with yeah. no abilities yeah so no one, no. So in the movie, no one really gave a crap. Yep, and, 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 and it focuses on them. And, and to point one of the many things the Russos nailed, uh, in, in the writers and everyone nailed in the final Avengers movie, they killed Black Widow, they killed Tony Stark, the two humans. But you know what? Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye was almost the other guy to die, and he's a human. You know, it was important. Thor and Hulk were never gonna be able to sacrifice the way the humans did. I, I thought they they nailed that. Um, but let me ask you, man, let's assume Natasha didn't die in that scene, uh, that horrifying, uh, tragic, really well done scene with Hawkeye where they're trying to outdo each other to kill themselves, not suicide, but sacrifice to get the orange soul gem and Scarlet wins, man, because let's be honest, Black Widow is the best fighter hand to hand that's out there more than Hawkeye and she was going to win and he has a family. It, It made sense, but it was still really sad. But let's say she didn't die there. Would you still want the Black Widow trained as a Russian assassin uh, leading up to Budapest? Where she, she, I, this is my theory. It's going to end in Budapest and Hawkeye's going to have a chance to kill her and that's where he turns her to shield and that's going to be how the, the movie ends. Um, not to mention Scarlett Johansson hasn't aged in 20 years, so she, you don't need to de-age Scarlett Johansson, so it doesn't matter. But just in terms of story, would you still have preferred the, this prequel that it seems we're getting or would you have preferred actually a like post end game bizarre uh sequel with black widow this is just a pure speculation slash opinion question for you about black widow oh man comes a black widow hmm. feet to the fire feet to the fire because feet to the fire i want the prequel movie I-, I want what they're giving us personally but maybe some people don't well yeah to kill black widow then give us give us another movie about her 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 life and like um, how she met up with Hawkeye and how it intertwines with Hawkeye and by the way, May 1st, 2020, Black Widow, Hawkeye, Fall 2021, with the classic uh, Matt Fraction Hawkeye logo, by the way, with the H and the uh, arrow going up, which is amazing. Uh, only a year and a half apart, man. We've never seen Scarlett Johansson on television, but let's put it this oh, way. She was. The chances... Wasn't- 
the chances of Hawkeye being in the Black Widow movie, I would say are close to 100%. But honestly, dude, if Marvel's playing their cards right and they have so many famous people agreeing to do TV shows for them in the Marvel Universe, uh, the chance of Black Widow being in Hawkeye or even a Falcon Winter Soldier, which we're talking about next, I think is extremely high. Her relationship with the Falcon and Winter Soldier is so strong from the Winter Soldier movie, Captain America 2. Uh, th- this would be the perfect place for her to guest appear uh, the way... Um, uh, like Lady Sifted and Agents of Shield, you know, occasionally or something. Uh, but this is obviously on a much higher level. True, I agree. You think she'd do it? Very... You think she'd do it? You think, think Scarlett she... would do television? I don't know. Um, she's like Daniel Day Lewis. I mean, you know, other than like BBC TV back in the day, DD, you know, Daniel Day Lewis only does movies. Christian Bale only does movies. Scarlett Johansson only does movies. Like, you know, Joaquin Phoenix. Like, it's there's just certain high profile actors. But the MCU, this is where we got to get the discussion started, man. They are blending the MCU of the TV and the films completely seamlessly in terms of the actors, the right. characters, and the stories. Yeah, go ahead. And the guy, and the only one that doesn't do on TV is um, Doctor Strange. I know he does plays. I know he's doing Macbeth very soon in a play coming soon. Hmm. Yeah. Go Dr. on. Go on. Macbeth, and mm-hmm. it's coming out very soon. Um, and it's very interesting. Very, very interesting. Huh. Yeah, so to have him do Macbeth and... and Wait, Scarlet, who are we talking about? Oh, we're talking about the guy who played Doctor Strange. Oh, oh, uh, he, Cumberbatch, yes. Cumberbatch is actually doing a play with Macbeth. And him, after, like, you know, Doctor Strange and all these other movies, him to do that, that's pretty cool. So I think Scarlet... I think she might do it. I mean, who knows? She's absolutely going to do it because they're throwing as much money and publicity at the TV shows because, dude, look, I've posted this numerous times online. You're looking at it. I'm looking at it. I'm going to post it again. The 11, the 10 plus blade with the question marks. Let's be honest, the logo and the dates of the TV shows are completely mixed in with the logos and the dates of the movies. They're making zero distinction between what's going to be a movie and a TV show. And, and when you look at Sebastian Stan, Anthony Mackie, and Falcon Winter Soldier, which we're about to talk about, we talk about Paul, Paul Bettany, Elizabeth Olsen, have both been nominated for shit in WandaVision, also on television. Tom Hilston been nominated for all sorts of shit. I can't believe he gets his own show. Loki, Hawkeye, Renner's been nominated. Uh, I, it's almost for certain we're going to get Mackie, Stan, Johansson, or some combination of them in the Hawkeye show. Uh, and on television, man, but they're presenting it like movies which back again with the black panther announcement 2014 was unthinkable that would be presented like this um so uh if you're cool bridging from widow into falcon and the winter soldier well let's just start there i mean my dude when we cut out of captain america the winter soldier i don't know about you i immediately wanted to see it again and saw that movie like a thousand times in theater I fucking love the Winter Soldier in the theater. I don't know yeah. if you had the same response, but I particularly I love it. Winter Soldier and Falcon. And I'm also going to talk about this with WandaVision because I predicted this in my Ultron podcast four years ago that we'd get something like WandaVision. We're not there yet, but I did not predict we were going to get a Bucky Falcon 
uh, 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 you know, extended dramatic adult storyline of the MCU on TV. What are your thoughts about all this? Um, I mean, I expected it to happen because, you know, how they ended up, I mean, Bucky now is what, what, no, Winter Soldier and then, like, well, Falcon is now the new Captain America. They're going to have to do a show for that. They've confirmed I mean, they're fitting his cap uh, uniform, which made some people very unhappy. And to those people, I say, sorry. <laughs> I'm excited yeah, I'm about sorry. it. <laughs> sorry. No, sorry. Yeah. Really not sorry. Yeah. Not, not to mention, th- there's a million circumstances where Bucky might have to become cap at some point during that series, both mm-hmm. in terms of the comics and in terms of that series. So come on. Bucky, Bucky, Bucky is a West Coast Avengers. He goes, they're going to separate the Avengers. They have Avengers East Coast and they have Avengers West Coast. Bucky's going to be the West Coast Avengers. Which is exactly like X-Men Blue and Gold, but I'm not going to go in that right now. Yeah. Right. Right. So that's what's going on. So Bucky's going to be the West Coast uh, Captain America with so, the gun and the black, black and red. Okay. So when Sebastian Stan appeared in uh, Captain America 1... Which, by the way, is great, and age is great. I love the first Avenger. But people who think Captain America 1's about Bucky and Cap, it's not. It's about Cap and Peggy, which is why they end the entire series with Cap and Peggy, because the first, the very first movie is specifically about Cap and Peggy, as great as Bucky is. But, dude, we know from the comics that both Bucky and Falcon can and have, you know, and would be Captain America, or able to be Captain America. But we knew Sebastian Stan was on, like, a multi, like, a nine movie deal kind of like we knew Sebastian Stan was going to be around for a long time they didn't even try and hide him as the Winter Soldier which was smart because we knew it was Sebastian Stan as Bucky back as the Winter Soldier but Falcon dude they weren't sure they loved Mackie and they wanted to work Falcon in but like Falcon being an Ultron for example like that was added last minute because of fan demand like fans loved Mackie so much in the Winter Soldier even though it was like last minute filming for Ultron which came out a year later they they were worked at Mackie and some key dramatic stuff with Cap. And so from then on, Abdil, people have been debating would Falcon be Cap or, or would the Winter Soldier? And I think the right guy got it and they handled it perfectly in the final Avengers movie. Your thoughts? I mean, yeah. They did it with Falcon. Originally supposed to be Winter Soldier because that's, um, you know, that's Captain America right-hand man. That's his psychic. And he was also be allegedly have to be Captain America, but they gave it to Falcon because um, they thought, you know, Bucky was dead. So Falcon was the second, uh, was a um, replacement of Bucky. So mm-hmm. um, good call on them. So even though I have to put the original Avengers on top because of how, you know, revolutionary it was in terms of the Bizzle's favorite MCU movie to date, personal favorite. I still think it's winter soldier man for me, uh, Mm -hmm. for a lot of reasons. And the fact that the first two big properties we're getting are a widow movie and then Falcon and winter soldier, which is everyone, but cap And we could get old cap by the way, giving advice and so forth and Falcon and winter soldier. I've heard people say, I I could totally say we're getting that in the first six months of what's essentially the new phase. Cause Spider-Man is phase four, but you know, it is kind of an epilogue, right? I mean, they're really 
like we're in phase 3.5 right now is that fair to say do you think or, or is that minimizing mm-hmm. sp- the spider-man movie but it's a bridge movie right the way like uh, right after right after his funeral it goes right into it it's like people so forget right ant-man is technically the final phase two movie even though it seemed like we were already in phase three. All right. So after Ant-Man, his daughter is already mm-hmm. an adult, getting adult. So Ant-Man, uh, Ant-Man's daughter is going to be the new Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be a, a new, hmm, a new Iron Man. Cause if you look at the Iron Man, what Iron Man three, Kamala Khan, we're going to get Kamala yeah, Khan. Yeah, with that new kid was there, and he was helping out Tony Stark. That kid's gonna be the new Iron Man. He's gonna be Iron Lad. If you um, get in deeper to it, that's what we're here to do. Go ahead. So that kid in that funeral is gonna be Iron Lad, and um, Ant Man's daughter is gonna be the new Ant Man, uh, Ant Woman. Interesting. So. Here, here's what else is interesting, man. Again, we're about to get to a bunch of bizarre properties. So I'm sticking on Black Widow and Falcon Winter Soldier. Is in the last ten years, dude, movies have gotten. Let's be honest, all PG thirteen, other than like Logan and Deadpool and John Wick and a couple. Everything Star Wars, Marvel, DC, etc., has been PG thirteen. You know, limited about of violence, uh, you know, kind of for grownups, kind of for kids. You know, it's had their ups and downs. <laughs> it's not a coincidence Logan and Deadpool in those movies both monetarily and critically crushed a lot of these other movies because they just go balls to the wall as adult films. John Wick as well keeps making way more money with each movie with John Wick. Um, uh-huh. But... Dude, what's crazy is because of the Disney Plus network, Rogue One, by definition, is going to be the darkest movie on Disney Plus. Okay? They already have bought Hulu and are going to put Deadpool and Logan and Future X-Force, which we I think we'll, maybe we'll talk about. But like we think there's other rated R X-Men and other stuff coming, like Deadpool and Logan. They're going to put that with the Defenders on, uh, on Hulu. Um, but Rogue One is definitively the darkest, most violent movie on Disney+. Plus. And so we're in a situation now, man, where the Black Widow movie is seeming like a rated R property and Falcon and Winter Soldier, while it should be dark, is going to have to be not darker than the Winter Soldier, for sure, uh, even though that was PG-13. Do you see where I'm going with this? Where it's kind of flipping with Disney, where it's like now they're going to do rated R on screen, but their TV shows, like how dark can they go? I don't know. Like this, I want to get the discussion going on what you think about splitting these properties and these characters, who in many cases are equally famous or almost as famous or loved or whatever, these characters and these actors. Some are on TV, some are on film. How do you feel about all the splitting up? Well, the Black Widow obviously is very dark. Her whole life story is pretty dark if you read it. So putting it on a uh, rated R makes sense. Um, Bucky and Falcon, the new cap, maybe mm, um, it's in the middle. It's definitely going to be in the middle. It's going to be vegan, like a little kids friendly, a little violence, you know, typical. Like it's gonna probably be in a range of like like Spider Man kind of thing, mm-hmm. funny, comedy, violence, action. Can I can I can I just bring up a meta thing really quickly about film and TV? Uh, 
yeah. that's to do with this. So if you look at 2010, 2011, 2012, right? Around those years, that was when we got Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, Iron Man movies, and then leading to the Avengers in 2012, which blew away all box office records and completely reset expectations for comic book movies. As successful as the Dark Knight was, Avengers smoked Dark Knight Rises on every level, and, and since then, DC's never been able to cow up to Marvel. That's a that's a different topic, but inevitably, man, you know they perfected that PG thirteen formula where they could get away with a lot of supposed violence, but still, you could bring your eight year old and mostly feel okay about uh, most of that. But dude. 2010, 2011, 2012, let me name a couple of shows. You may or may not like or have watched these shows, but these shows have been nominated for tons of awards and are very dark. Uh, Game of Thrones is the darkest, but Vikings, Homeland... Viking was way, way darker. Way darker. Vikings, Homeland, Game of Thrones, Ray Donovan, um, more recently Peaky Blinders... Um, you know, shows on television that are so much darker than anything that's not a Quentin Tarantino movie. So it flipped to television, and now it looks like Disney's flipping it back, at least with Marvel. Do you see where I'm going with this? It's, it's kind of bizarre. Um, I don't know if this theory holds up past Black Widow, though. I think they have to do Black Widow rated R to do her justice, her story justice. And if of you've course, seen Lucy vs. Ghost in the Shell, then you know that this has to be a rated R movie. And if they had made Ghost in the Shell rated R and gone as rated R as the rest of the Ghost in the Shell property is, it, it would have worked a much better. Uh, the travesty they had to keep that to PG-13. I'm not saying Lucy's a perfect movie, but with Scarlett Johansson as an assassin, uh, origin story, gotta be rated R. Agree or disagree? I think you agree. You, you agree? Hello? Yep. Yeah, I, 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 I say agree. You would say great. Yeah, I'm here. Hello? Yeah. Yeah, I'll see you. Okay. So, uh, question about Falcon Minor Soldier, and then we get some really weird fucking properties that you're mostly going to have to talk about, because I've never even heard of Eternals and Shang-Chi and so forth. We'll get there in one sec. Real quick about Falcon and Winter Soldier is, my feeling is, even though Falcon is tentatively given the shield and going to be Cap, because of Bucky's re- long relationship to Captain America and deep bond with, with uh, Steve Rogers, it's partially going to be about the Winter Soldier coaching up uh, Falcon to uh, it really accept the shield that he's worthy of it. Like, I think Falcon's not going to think he's worthy. Um, and it's going to be kind of a, a buddy, a deep buddy story where Bucky's going to sort of, uh, you know, subtly and, and lovingly, but also, you know, somewhat forcefully at times be like, dude, you're cap. You got to step up. Like, I can't do it. Like, I'm too damaged. I got baggage. Like, you're Captain America. I think to me that whatever plot you put around that, and by the way, dude, Zemo is in it. We got Daniel Brühl, another Academy Award nominated or maybe winning, I think. He won an Academy Award for Rush, I believe. Academy Award winning Uh actor going to bring back. They didn't use nearly enough in, in Civil War. Although you and I agreed when we did that commentary that the stuff between Black Panther and Zemo was great in that movie. It just wasn't enough. We're getting Zemo back. So do you understand what I'm saying, though? Like, I I want this to be about those two guys' relationship, and I think with the title and what they're doing, that's what they're they're going for. What do you think they're going for, and or what would you like to see? You could answer one or both of of those questions. Um, Like the Killmonger guy or the the guy in the Eight Tribe from Black Panther? Oh, you think Wakanda's gonna show up in, in Falcon Winter Soldier? Um, no, 
that's oh, just, no, just got me excited. No, no. Well, that would make no, sense though because of not. Zemo. Yeah. Yeah, with Zemo. Yeah, yeah, Zemo because Zemo's locked up. Um, hmm, I think Zemo or the Baroness or what's that guy? The yeah, the, yeah, the Baron will fucking show up eventually hmm. because he's in the comics. He's there. He's obviously there let me be more specific he's gonna come out what's other than the big uh, uh, announcements which you and i just commented on what's one thing you just guilty pleasure you'd love to see in falcon and winter soldier Mm, the rise of baroness barono baronos because he's gonna have to get out of prison see that's a deep cut right there guys that's exactly why abdiel's a senior contributor on this fucking podcast god bless you man i i barely (laughs) even know what you're i i know enough uh, but the rest of you will go look it up on Wikipedia and you'll get it. So, okay. It'll be the, it'll be the rise of Hydra. Yeah. Um, pretty much. So Abdil, after these first two of which we know all the main characters and it's a continuation of one of our favorite stories from the winter soldier, we get the Eternals in 2020 and Shang-Chi legend of the 10 rings in 2021. And other than I know the main cast of the Eternals, because they announced it with Angelina Jolie, Richard Madden, Salma Hayek, Kumail Nanjiani, and some others, which I think has some connection to X-Men, but I don't know. I know nothing about Legend of the Ten Rings. Do you know anything about these two projects? Because I'm completely ignorant and should be fired for my lack of knowledge. I I don't know, but I was thinking they might have a Mandarin, uh, the villain. Uh He's one of Iron Man's worst enemy, but I don't know if they're going to do it or not. Okay, so the Eternals are Celestials, okay, which we've heard about in Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh. And they are sent to Earth to protect humanity from their evil counterparts, the Deviants. But this is the Captain Marvel problem, dude, in Doctor Strange, is they keep making more and more powerful characters in the movies, and so who cares about Spider-Man in, in the big sense, when you have an immortal alien race of celestials protecting Earth from their evil other other side, even Doctor Strange and Captain Marvel uh, pale, and this is a property no one's heard of. So while I'm going to be very positive, I've been very positive so far, Matt, I'm going to be very positive going forward. These properties, these bizarre Jack Kirby properties from back in the day, I, it don't make sense to me to introduce now, especially without Fantastic Four and X-Men in the picture. Thoughts? Mm. Man, that's a tough one, man. I don't know how I feel about that. This feels like Aquaman, but like OP and less interesting. Because Aquaman is part of this planet, right? Like Wonder Woman. Like, he's, yeah. he's a god of this planet. These are gods from other... It's like more Thanos. Like, Thanos was cool because Josh Brolin's cool and the Rosos are great directors. But like, let's be honest, Thanos is a villain in general in the history of Marvel Comics, not the most interesting. And they built him up for 12 years, you know, for the final Avengers movies, and they pulled it off pretty well. This feels like more Thanos to me. My thing is probably going to be Galactus. They're probably going to bring Galactus and try to bring in um, Soul Surfer. 
Well, here's the casting. Angelina Jolie as Thena. Richard Madden, who's uh, Rob Stark in Game of Thrones, as Icarus. Selma Hayek as Ajak, the leader of the Eternals. Kumail Nanjiani as Kingo. Lauren Ridloff as Makari. Fastos, Sprite, Gilgamesh. I mean, this is so bizarre. People will eat it up because it's Marvel. I just don't know why you introduced this this early. They must have a long-term plan for this part of the universe. I think it's related to the Fantastic Four and the more cosmic side of the X-Men, is my theory. Mm. Right? Because who can fight Galactus? I mean, the Fantastic Four, the most powerful X-Men, right? I mean, there's only a handful of people who can fight um, uh, Galactus and and Celestials. And they're mostly X-Men and Fantastic Four who they need to reintroduce. So I think that's the plan. I think it's going to be, um, yeah, Galactus and versus Fantastic Four. They're going to have to have Silver Surfer. I, I believe they're going to have to have Silver Surfer. So we're about to talk about uh, WandaVision and then, again, Scarlet Witch with Doctor Strange in Doctor Strange in the multiverse. Uh, do you think, just from what you've heard about Eternals, we see Captain Marvel, Doctor Strange, and or Wanda in a movie like this? Or are they just completely separated out? Mm. That, mm. Uh, that's a good one <sighs> and again all these questions also can possibly be taken as I want or I would like to see as opposed to like an actual prediction by the way a young uh, Chinese woman uh, like actual Chinese Beijing 37 years old Chloe Zhao is directing Eternals uh, straight up Chinese American month to Mount Holyoke filmmaker been making movies not too long they're they're trying to do it finally man they waited forever to diversify but they're finally doing it with with, with marvel go ahead oh man i am lost for words i do not know yeah we don't we just don't know anything about the eternals so here let me throw in shang chi and legend of the ten ranks because it doesn't even have its own wiki page can i just read this to you it's like two sentences so in December of 2018, it was announced Marvel was, quote, fast-tracking development on a Shang-Chi film, which would be their first uh, Asian-led film. Chinese-American writer David Callahan was hired to work on the screenplay, then hired Destin Daniel Cretton to direct the film. Uh, someone from Thor Ragnarok said it would be filmed in Australia. Um, and then they cast an actor named Simu Liu, excuse me, who's only 30 years old. Um, he was in, he's been in almost nothing in America. Uh, he's the leader of this movie cast in the titular role as Shang-Chi with Tony Leung Chu Wei portraying the Mandarin. So now they're trying to do the Mandarin properly, uh, supposedly my guy. Um, and some other it's just another bizarre um property now this is this is in response this is we can agree abdila in response to dr strange and iron fist all being white people in asia right so do you think this is smart to just throw people into a movie called shang chi and the legend of the ten rings and say we're marvel and we're gonna force you to to embrace it i mean i'm down if that's the case it's it's pretty bold yeah yeah, I agree. It's pretty bold. That's pretty interesting. Very interesting. I don't know what else. Did I'm just you shocked. Feel I like know what to say. The Asian community was owed, you know, like uh, significantly more 
um, attention from Marvel after the last couple of phases because a lots of people, many of whom are not Asians, believed that to be the case. It, it's hard for me to disagree with it. There's, uh, to be honest, there's not many art Asian um, characters that I could think of. I mean, there's White Tiger, there's the Bangle, um, there's the, that villain with the rings of Iron Man. Oh, Man, Man, Manta, or, or what is God damn, I can't remember his name, but yeah, he's in there. He's Asian. There's three Asian characters so far that are named. Um, is Asian. He looks kind of Asian. And that's about it. I don't think there's any more Asian characters. Um, mm. that's the thing. Um, yeah, I don't want to put I'm, you like, on the I'm, spot. I'm just trying to get any knowledge out there as possible. Cause I just don't have it about this property. And that property, I mean, they should like bring out those characters. Yeah, I mean, okay, okay. I, I'm just speechless. I mean, there is Silk. Silk, she's Asian, right? You know, Spider Verse, and um, what's called Psylocke. Well, Psylocke. Th- this is X Men X Four stuff, which I want to say if because. Uh, they murdered yeah. the X-Men in order to rebirth X-Force, I truly believe. And the fact that there's no Deadpool X-Force announcements is very intentional because I, I believe, force. again, this is a combination to me studying the industry, watching all the stuff, reading stuff, but also knowing some people connected. I believe Ryan Reynolds has been made an executive producer of the new regime and is going to lead in the X-Force rated R that we all want with... Deadpool, Cable, Psylocke, X-23, Domino, etc., and so forth. And that's part of why they let the X-Men die, because they can't have both, but they do need to rate it our vision, and X-Force is that. Um, but, uh, well, I, I'm not going to not let you respond to that. That's a loaded question. Yeah, that's pretty much, I got no answer to that. Okay, so let's get back to what we know. So they've listed WandaVision, which we've known is happening for a while, spring 2021. And they've, but then they've listed dated because it's a movie as well as a TV show, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Badness, May 7th, 2021. Now, dude, they tried to do this with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. leading into the Winter Soldier. But the lead up of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to the Winter Soldier was so irrelevant compared to the Winter Soldier and then Ultron. It was like an afterthought. But there's specifically WandaVision takes place to bridge Avengers Endgame with the death of the Vision, but the hope that they can reclaim him being an android leading into Doctor Strange, which we know at least Wanda as the Scarlet Witch is going to be in Doctor Strange too, and maybe Vision will be. So they're specifically releasing WandaVision leading up to Doctor Strange. Personally, I don't need that. I was thrilled about this story, about these two reconnecting these bizarre, powerful characters we haven't learned enough about. I don't need it to lead into Doctor Strange, but you know what? If you're giving me Elizabeth Olsen and Doctor Strange as well as the series, sure, give it to me. Fine. I've done plenty of connecting leading up to it, but let's forget about that for now. When you heard they were actually going to make a Vision Scarlet Witch movie, uh, television show, I think I was the only person on the planet uncategorically to celebrate that but maybe not maybe more people are interested than me thoughts um it was a big surprise uh, for me as well i think a lot of people are like well this is gonna be great because they needed um to focus on those characters and especially hawkeye you know they don't have like cool suits and 
badass weapons. They're just using basic freaking um, mm-hmm. weapons and skills um, and assassin skills. Yep. So it'd be great to do um, do that. Um, Doctor Strange. I'm like, eh, I'm not really a big fan. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, he's just like whatever. He was great in Infinity War, though, which made it disappointing that he didn't do more in the final End Game. But I, I thought Doctor Strange was really good in Infinity War. Yeah, he was good. I, I give him that. He was okay. My view of One Division is. People have been afraid to embrace Elizabeth Olsen because she's young and beautiful and people and nerd boys don't know what to do about powerful young female uh, uh, superheroes. Um, Not hate, just not knowing what to do with her. Whereas the the problem with Vision, everyone loves Paul Bettany as an actor. The The complaint has always been we never knew what his powers were and then he was dead twice. Um, and by the way, dude, if this is playing chronologically the way they're claiming, means that they're going to reboot Jarvis's Matrix, which means it's going to be like Data rebooted in Picard, which means Vision is not going to know Wanda, even though Wanda is mm-hmm. going to know Vision. And what's crazy is you look at Scarlett Johansson, you think Ghost in the Shell and movies like that, but actually the Ghost in the Shell-esque uh, uh, property is going to be clearly in my mind WandaVision where it's going to be a crazy brilliant incredibly powerful but disturbed uh, w- w- young woman in Wanda and an AI trying to understand itself envisioned in, in like a bizarre romance between them it, it is it's such a ghost in the shell thing to me that's really interesting and I hope that's what it's about again your thoughts and feelings and our predictions and our wants for, for such a series um oh man don't know i don't know i really don't know that's that's i mean we can agree on this we can agree on this so you know when vision loses it uh, during the civil war airport battle because wanda's been hit and Mm -hmm. he paralyzes roadie by accident because even though he's an android he actually gets mad for a second and falcon avoids the beam and it hits roadie and roadie gets paralyzed whatever you know no one blames anyone but that's what happens and he's holding i don't think that hit dramatically the way they wanted to but dude at the end of endgame when uh, Cap and them are fighting Thanos from the past, and you're like, where's Doctor Strange and the Avengers and the Wakandans? And all of a sudden, uh, the Doctor Strange portals open, but especially when Scarlet Witch comes flying out with her powers and just starts wrecking Thanos. I, I, saw, I saw three times Endgame in the theaters with different audiences. I didn't see any theater where when Scarlet Witch came out at the end and started wrecking Thanos the way she wrecked Ultron. People were not like cheering. Like, I, and I didn't real like I, I I wasn't sure people liked Scarlet Witch as a character, but once she started wrecking Thanos and was a big part of the final scene, I was like, okay, I think people are bought in. Plus, she's a nominated actress who's young and been in movies and television and been amazing, right? So they'd be stupid mm-hmm. to not do this. But it, I think it shows a lot of foresight introducing her as one of the twins, and she survives. You know, Quicksilver dies in Ultron, introducing her as sort of a side Avenger, and now all of a sudden she's got her own show and going to be in. Doctor 
Doctor Strange. Personally, I want to see Benedict Wong as as Wong in Doctor Strange as much as the Scarlet Witch because they are hilarious together. Benedict Wong's an amazing actor. Him and Cumberbatch have acted together in a number of different types of roles before, and they're hysterical. I mean, just the scene of Benedict Wong discovering Beyonce in Doctor Strange is maybe the best scene in that entire film because he's such a brilliant comedic actor. Just watch The Martian. He's so funny. Um, So I was hoping to sort of be a buddy movie between them. There's think this going to be a horror movie. There's no way Marvel's going to be built to a horror movie. What do you think? Oh, man. Uh, No, I don't think you're going to do a horror movie. I don't think. The thing is, man, again, going back to everything other than Black Widow and, 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 and Falcon Winter Soldier. We've got Eternals. We've got Shang-Chi. We've got WandaVision. We've got Doctor Strange. This is what I call Cosmic Marvel. And I generally have not liked Cosmic Marvel. I think DC does cosmic stuff better, at least in the comics, better than, uh, you know, like I like seeing the Avengers and X-Men fighting on Earth, you know, even if they're fighting aliens, like it's like Loki is better on Earth. Thor is better on Earth, I think, like everyone's better on Earth in Marvel Comics and all this cosmic stuff with Captain Marvel and Guardians 2 and Thor Ragnarok is, I find very exhausting, but because they're bringing in characters I do love and want to see more of, like Vision and Scarlet Witch. And I, I think Cumberbatch has been growing on me. I agree with you, man. I'm neutral at best about the first Doctor Strange film, but the end of that film with Dormammu is great, and he does seem to be inhabiting the role better now, I think. Um, and when you throw in Benedict Wong, and when you throw in Elizabeth Olsen and I'm sure some other guest characters and Doctor Strange, do you have the same sort of mixed feelings about quote unquote cosmic Marvel as I do, or, or you're just as happy to have it be, you know, colorful out in space stuff as, as the earth based stuff, which, which I personally prefer. Um, Guardians was really funny with the raccoon. I love that. I just don't like space Lord. Uh, for a reason, I don't like him. Um, but um, yeah, as I've said, there's many. There's it's like Kylo Ren. Uh, nerds hold Kylo. Nerds hold Adam Driver personally responsible for killing Han Solo, and nerds also hold Chris Pratt personally responsible for leading to Thanos's domination, which I think is hilarious because they're actors. But it, it just because of how uh, controversial and affecting the performances were, I think, especially with Star Lord. Star Lord sucks. Um, <laughs> you heard it here first, guys. Star Lord sucks. Star Lord sucks. Of all, of all the Chris's, we can agree Chris Pratt is the lowest of the Chris's. He's he suck, and mm-hmm. I don't know if he's ever gonna get his powers back. But hopefully, pink guy. I hope he doesn't because he's a train wreck. Um, <laughs> it's not the actor's uh, fault, though. Is my point. Yeah, but his his here. I mean, even kind of looks. He, he's a train wreck. Anyways, emotional train wreck. Anyway, well, Guard- <laughs> Guardians was kind of a shit property that James Gunn turned into gold, which is why they shouldn't have fired him, and which was why they hired him back. Is because they realized Guardians is a second or third rate property, in my opinion, compared to the X Men, Fantastic Four, Avengers, and so forth. You know, Guardians is a more recent thing that's that James Gunn made brilliant in the films. Uh, including Star-Lord, who's not interesting. He, you might dislike him in the movies, but he's not even interesting in the comics, in my opinion. No, he's not. He's just uh, yeah. very nice. I mean, uh, what's it? The, de- the, the detective, that duck, 
What's that detective Howard duck, the duck guy from Marvel? Howard the Howard Duck. duck. I'd rather yeah. have Howard the Duck than Star Lord. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Yeah, but Fuck you hated that. you hated Spider uh, Spider Quack. No, who was it? Spider Spider. spider- Spider Pig. Spider Pig. You hated Spider Okay. Okay. So I watched, guys, I gotta tell the story. I gotta tell the story. I gotta tell the story. I went to go see Spider Verse with this guy, which is the best person to see Spider Verse with. By the way, I gotta receive that movie. I love it. You know, I love Haley Steinfeld. I love Mahershala Ali. I love everything about it. I love it. I love the Spider Girl, dude. She's great. Yeah, she's awesome. They're already doing the second one. And, as we'll spoil in the end, this actually is playing into what's going on, but we can't spoil it yet if you haven't seen Spider-Man. Uh, but <laughs> you hadn't seen Was that the first time you had seen it, but you were sort of prepared? Because there was so many versions of Spider-Man, not Peter Parker, of Spider-Man that came through the Spider-Verse. <laughs> and Spider-Pig got Abdiel so angry and upset every time he came on screen. It was really hilarious. Fuck that kid. Fucking pig. <laughs> Stupid fuck. Yo, I I blame the fucking Simpsons. Fuck the Simpsons for suing Spider-Pig. Oh, interesting. Fuck Spider-Pig. Fuck that quacker little dude. Oh, fuck him. Fuck him. I don't like it. I don't Uh, like it. I know a lot of people who feel that way about Nicolas Cage, but I love Nick Cage in that. I thought that Mm -hmm. was great. Mm. Yeah, so yeah, Abdiel's Abdiel's holding his tongue because we've got Spider-Man spoilers that we can't say. So... Um, okay, dude. All right. So here's where we're at. So let, let me just recap because the rest of this is madness and we'll go on to the end here. So we got Black Widow in screen on the big screen. Is their next big movie? It's May 1st. Can we just comment, by the way, that Scarlett Johansson earned this? Scarlett Johansson earned which, which Disney movies have been in early May? In the last eight years, I'll tell you which ones. The Avengers, Captain America, Iron Man, and Star Wars. That's it, literally. And so the fact that their May 2020 movie is Black Widow, Scarlett Johansson has earned that. And not just earned that in terms of like loyalty to Marvel, but in terms of getting a fan base behind a character that could be one or two dimensional that she has made so interesting and so lovable. Um, and... Other than Wonder Woman, which they keep moving back because they're scared of Marvel. By the way, dude, we're getting Wonder Woman a month after Black Widow, which for me, I'm really excited about. I get Black Widow May 1st, 2020 and get uh, Wonder Woman to like early June 2020. It is huge for women as superhero in movies. Can we at least agree on that? And just in terms of the timing of solo films for, for female superheroes? Yeah, I agree on that. I, I know you agree on that. Yeah, yeah. We we, we, we we see eye to eye on this. But that's a big yeah. deal. That's a big deal. The main movie. It's always been the Avengers, Cap, Iron Man, or Star Wars. And now it's Black Widow. Like that, yeah. And maybe a rated R movie on top of it. That's what makes me nervous that it's not going to be rated R, is that it's a May release. Uh, but we will see. And then we get Falcon and Winter Soldier. Okay, again, both of those properties. Straight out of Captain America, the Winter Soldier, and Age of Ultron, whatever, blah, blah, blah. We love them. Then we got Eternals and Shang-Chi, which is all sorts of Asian slash cosmic shit that we don't know anything about. And then we got WandaVision and Doctor Strange, which could just get weird and go any which ways. Mm-hmm. And then we get, we get four properties that I do not understand other than Thor, which we'll <laughs> talk about. Loki... What if dot 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 question mark and Hawkeye 
Loki, I thought, was always a joke because everyone loves Tom Hiddleston. They'd give him a series. The actually gave him a series is great because Hiddleston's a brilliant actor. I don't know what the hell they're going to do with it. Hawkeye, I always loved Renner, but the joke was that fans hated Hawkeye and thought he was a worthless character. Now he's got his own uh, show with Kate Bishop, his daughter, who's a superhero who we saw him training at the beginning of Avengers and is a superhero in the comics as a daddy-daughter story, which he's great at because he does it with Elizabeth Olsen in Ultron and with Elizabeth Olsen in a different character in Wind River, where it's also a kind of father-daughter story. He's great with these father-daughter stories is going to nail it with Hawkeye. It'll be a great family story that still has some bow and arrow action. I'm going to let you we'll save Thor, man. Loki, what if Hawkeye? I don't even know what what if is. You can start in any of those places. Go ahead, my friend. Hawkeye, um, daughter. Be training his daughter for the next Hawkeye. Definitely going to be great. Kate Bishop. Oh, okay, this, yeah. Which I didn't know, by the way, before the the spoilers of the first scene of Endgame, and then we saw it, and it was horrifying. They all disappeared, whatever. But he was training with them. Before that, I didn't even know Kate Bishop was a thing from the comics. So that's that was new to me. Yeah. I mean, do you do you just be honest? Do you like Renner and Hawkeye enough as a character to get behind the TV show? I do, and I'm thrilled. I never thought it would happen. Yeah, I thought it was gonna happen. Hawkeye, Hawkeye is pretty. I mean, he's an underdog, but he's pretty badass. If you got to his comic books, and he's the older one with the family, which I think is interesting, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's what made that's what made Black Widow's sacrifice so even more noble was that it, she put together the equation. That if he killed himself, his whole family would suffer. And unfortunately, Scarlett Johansson, her family's the Avengers. Sorry, Black Widow, her family's the Avengers. But she'd save the world, but she didn't have a fa- direct family to go back to. It's right. it so and sad. Then, yeah. Yeah, and if Hawkeye killed himself, then his daughter would be a really badass Hawkeye. Like, dark Hawkeye. Which is why uh, he's crying tears of horror when she actually does it. But then when he wakes up in the field, that feels very Black Panther-ish with the orange gem. Uh, he starts crying but laughing because he realizes there's hope. Because he was an assassin that was just murdering people because he thought his family was gone. And now his best friend's killed herself so that he has a chance with his family. And I love that he appreciates that fact, e- even while mourning her. And, and I love that moment, by the way, where... um uh, where Renner and uh, Elizabeth Olsen as, as Wanda Scarlet Witch talk about um, their losses of a vision and, and but also of Natasha because dude in Civil War who is training and is kind of older sister to uh, Wanda in Civil War is, is Natasha is, is training mm-hmm. her and I'm sure they got very close. I, I, I don't know. They handle all those relationships great. And, and I think, again, in the Hawkeye series, I think we're going to see Elizabeth Olsen and or Scarlett Johansson at some point would seem to make uh, make a lot of sense. So, you okay, so you are more optimistic both that it would happen and that it will be good, which makes me happy. Yeah. So, Loki is Loki. I mean, we love Loki. They could do anything with it. What is what if? Is that a Stan Lee th- thing that they're doing? Yeah, what if it's been a while? It, what if comic books, it's a uh, Marvel comic book. I think um, one of the writers, 
um, came up with that because I have one that was like, what if Daredevil killed Kingpin? Mm. And it was kind of like one of those aliens, those Martians, those um, the ones that oversee everything. It's one of those kind of comic books. Hmm. I, I believe it is, it's probably as a Stanley. It's one of those alien watchers. They're always watching TV. Um, it's it's a uh, it's based on a comic book. No, no, no I'm just, saying this version of it is specifically for Disney Plus. That's all I know. Is it this? Yeah, is it Disney Plus? It's. So it's pretty much. But it stars Martians. Jeffrey Wright as the Watcher, which is amazing. I, I don't. I, I mean, just knowing that. Yeah. So it's it's one of the so the whole the whole thing with the what if is one of those Martians, those big headed Martians are always like oh, watching and not doing anything. They're like, okay. you know who the Watcher is, right? Oh, those original those, Stanley those, Jack Kirby Fantastic Four character from like the early nineteen sixties. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. I think it's a Stanley Jack Kirby tribute is part of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But Jeff, Jeffrey Wright is one of the most acclaimed and awarded African American actors out there. Uh, so to have him as Watu the Watcher, uh, good start, Marvel. Uh-huh. Okay, here we go, baby. Here we go. Before we get to Blade and some Spider Man spoilers. Okay, so remember I asked you at the beginning how you heard about this, like how you found out about it and so forth, blah, blah, blah. You know how I found out about it, man? Oh. Because people know I love Natalie fucking Portman and defend her, and I got texts and Facebooks and tweets and Instagrams all at once from all sources in my life, from people who are close to me to people like you who I've met more recently to just like nerds who follow me on Facebook with pictures of Natalie Portman holding the hammer and Chris Hemsworth, Tessa Thompson and Taika Waititi on stage with her smiling and laughing and holding the hammer and people applauding wildly. And I was like, this has got to be, someone's clowning me right now because nerds famously hate Natalie Portman for all the wrong reasons. They blame her for the prequels and they blame her for what they don't like about the second Thor movie, but they're idiots because she was one of the best parts of the prequels when she was written. Great. And Thor one is one of my favorite movies specifically because of Natalie Portman and Chris Hemsworth. And dude, I said this back in 2015. I said, Jane Foster and Thor have to end up together. I don't know if she had to end up with the hammer, man, but the fact that they're going for it with Nellie Portman, who's won multiple Academy Awards, and for the most part, among people who just like movies, love Natalie Portman, and she's a female Thor, and he's going for it. How do you feel about this whole situation? I mean, this completely, this blew up the internet the way, I don't know what the last Comic-Con event was to blow up the internet to, to this extent. Uh, maybe Gal Gadot a couple of years ago doing something. or I, I don't know. I mean, it's crazy. Go ahead. Um, I'm actually excited for her to be in the, in the next door, which is really cool. And I'm waiting, I can't wait for, for what are you going to do for her in the Marvel series now? I'm wondering where they're going to fit her out, though. So, uh, starting like a year plus ago when I started doing my Star Wars podcast with Jedi Geek Girl, 
she came up with a prediction that Natalie would come. This was long before Star Wars Celebration from this past year. It was sort of the schedule was announced, but we thought there would be an episode one panel. And indeed, there ended up being one, but like it was on the Monday and like almost no one was there. But at the time, we thought the episode one panel was going to be big because it was the 20th anniversary, man, at Star Wars Celebration this past year. <clears throat> and Jedi Geek Girl predicted that this would be Natalie Portman's coming back party. And I got on board with it. I said, you know what? Yeah, Kelly Mirren Tran's going to come and everyone's going to applaud. Ahmed Best is going to show up and everyone's going to applaud. Star Wars Celebration. People love Star Wars. We may not agree. You know, some of us, like you and I, love the solo movie. Some people don't like it. Some people like Kylo and Rey. Some people don't. I mean, whatever. But Star Wars Celebration is positivity. We come to celebrate, you know, all the parts of Star Wars. This would be the time for Natalie to come back. And she didn't. And it was smart because the episode one panel, supposedly I wasn't there, was a bust at Star Wars Celebration, but she came back in Marvel, man, in big time. Did you see the quote where she said she had hammer envy from Thor? I mean, she's just so smart and such a brilliant actress. Taika Waititi, man, there's a picture of him like on his knees offering her the hammer like she's got us. Her and Tessa are buddies in real life. I'm sure Hemsworth is thrilled just to be on stage with Tessa Thompson and Natalie Portman together for the Thor movie. Dude, Ragnarok, I have said on my podcast, was my biggest disappointment because I love Taika Waititi as a director and because I love Hemsworth and the idea of Thor Ragnarok seemed great, but the middle of the movie was much better than the rest of it and I was disappointed with some of it. But I said, and I've continued to say, I wanted Taika to get another chance and you give him someone like Natalie Portman. I mean, dude, I... I don't know, like in Thor one and even in dark world, which had so many problems, I think personally, Natalie and Chris Hemsworth had great chemistry with each other. Even if the writing was uneven, I thought they had great personal chemistry better than Pepper Potts and, and Tony Stark. Those are great actors and actresses. I can't speak about Spidey because I haven't really seen the Spider-Man movies. Peggy Carter and Cap obviously are great together, but to me, the best straight-up physical chemistry of the main characters have been Jane Foster and Thor. So my question is, man, does Cap go back in the past at the end of Endgame and give the hammer to Jane Foster in some alternate universe, and she immediately becomes female Thor? How do you see that happening in relation to the new uh, the sort of timeline and so forth? I don't think that happens. I don't think Cap would do that. I don't think. I think Cap would be the next. Who does he Thor. give the hammer to? Who does he give the hammer to? I, I think Thor. I think when this is the question. Though, uh, is when? I I don't know that. I, because remember, where did the Infinity Stones go? Right. There's 2014 with Guardians. There's 2013 with Thor: of The Dark World. There's three in 2012. Um. Right. Where they're in New York. Uh, remember, you know, and they're trying to find, you know, go back to all the right times to get the mm-hmm. infinity stones. Um, and then of course the death of, uh, of black widow, um, mm-hmm. also in the guardians of the galaxy timeline of 2014, which Marvel's done a good job of sticking with our actual timeline. So 2014, there's two 2013, there was one 2012, there's three. So he went back to one of those ages or some other time with the hammer and gave it. Mm-hmm. I know. I think he did. I think he did. Oh. How would you like no. to see it done? Because people are like, oh, Natalie's taking over the franchise. I'm like, no, guys, that's not what's happening here. What's happening here is 
they are looping back on the love story they should have done in the first place with Jane Foster and Thor. She's going to take over because he's still a broken man, man, you know? I mean, he may have kicked ass at the end of Endgame, but he's still a fat, broken man who makes Tessa Thompson a king, who, by the way, dude, Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie confirmed to be the king looking for her queen. It's official. We've got lesbianism in Marvel. Fuck you haters out there. Enjoy. Which one was that? Kevin, you know, Thor at the end of Endgame says to Tessa Thompson, I don't want to rule. You're the one that should rule. But he doesn't call her the queen of Asgard. He calls her the king of Asgard. And in the new conference, they said she is indeed going by the title king and she is looking for a queen. Oh, wow. That's what they said. Mm -hmm. So first official LGBTQ character in the movies confirmed it took a while they finally got it done cool so how do you see how do you see natalie portman getting the hammer and becoming female thor and again and or how would you like to see it play out it could be, go either way uh, i think it will be uh, very interesting i mean i don't know i have no um comments for that because um i'm not really a big huge thor fan but i follow here and there mm-hmm. it'd be interesting i don't know can we just applaud the nerds for me the the most of the nerds who aren't loud I, no let me let me let me retract i'm going to take a second here abdiel and applaud most of the nerds who are normal humble people who don't troll other people and aren't loud on the internet and i want to applaud those people for giving kelly marie tran a standing ovation everywhere she went at Star Wars Celebration, even though not everyone loves Rose Tico from The Last Jedi, because they can separate the actress and the character and so forth. Even Ahmed Best as Jar Jar got death threats for playing a character that George Lucas came up with. Absolutely ridiculous. He got love wherever he went Star Wars Celebration. Natalie Portman... <laughs> thunderous applause from like 50,000 people in that Marvel room when she comes out after supposedly being hated by people for ruining the prequels and so forth. Yeah, you were a hardcore Star Wars fan, but Abdiel, I'm sure you don't agree with the theory that Natalie Portman's responsible for ruining the prequels. Please tell me that you don't agree with that. No, I don't really. Her character got progressively worse, but that's one person's fault, and his name's George Lucas. And that's Uh why he sold the property. He screwed up Padme. She was such a badass in the first movie, and she got progressively worse. It's not her fault. Because you know what? She was in V for Vendetta the same year as Revenge of the Sith, and one of the great Mm -hmm. sci-fi performances ever. And, you know, obviously... I don't know. I was just curious as to your reaction because I have friends who I know who are mostly, they see themselves as progressive when it comes to people of color and women as superheroes. But when they're each announced, then they start turtling up in their conservative shells and saying low comments that I find offensive or just revealing. And that certainly happened with Natalie Portman. And the ones who were my close friends, I went after them directly, being like, I knew this would bother you because I wanted to get the conversation going. But to me, 
this is a great step for everybody. And by the way, I think Chris Hemsworth is, is probably responsible and should be applauded for reaching out to her and, and getting this process going. And it would be my, my prediction. Um, cause they clearly had a great time together in the first Thor movie. I mean, they're so funny with Stellan Skarsgård and Kat Dennings on Earth with Thor with no power. This immortal form has grown weak. <laughs> Uh-huh. I'm excited, man. And they're calling it Love and Thunder. I mean, this is a direct F you to Trumpers, right? With Tessa Thompson as the gay black woman, Natalie Portman as the female Thor, and they're calling it Love and Thunder. This is a direct F you to Trumpers, which Disney has been doing regularly. I'm not a fan of them remaking all of their movies, and I haven't literally seen any of the remakes of all of these movies, but... In general, they've been pushing pretty progressive themes, even outside of Star Wars, uh, which has always been progressive. Um, or am I overanalyzing the situation? No, not really. You're not. So what do you make of the fact that this is the last announced movie? Because it seems like they announced a bunch of stuff, but when you divide it between TV and movies, it's five movies, five TV shows... And literally spans May first, twenty twenty to November fifth, twenty twenty one. Doesn't even span that long. The Black Panther announcement spanned all of Phase Three, uh, which was twenty fifteen through twenty nineteen. Right. What are you surprised was not announced? Uh, and am I leading the witness by saying X Men and or Fantastic Four here? Um, I would say X Men. I feel like, which is not their fault, by the way. By the way, no, you can blame the, Disney for tons of stuff, but Dark Phoenix failing is not Disney's fault. They got that dropped no. on their lap by Fox when it was basically done. Yeah, because I've seen it. Uh, and if you uh, don't like it, nobody's gonna like it. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's stupid. It. All right, I'm gonna say it like this. Uh, what the fuck? Uh, yeah, laid on. Freaking goddamn Mac- Magneto is a good guy and P- Professor X is a bad guy now. Really? Wow. Wow. What the fuck was that about? They had their, as their four main characters, Abdiel, okay, in this new X Men universe James McAvoy, Michael Fassbender, Jennifer Lawrence, and Nicholas Holt. Forget what you think about their characters in the X-Men movies. Those four actors have been in extremely high demand in all sorts of genres and nominated for and winning all sorts of awards since they were cast in 2010, 2011. And yet, with four movies, Days of Future Past was the only one to nail it, in my opinion, even though I like First Class. How did they screw up such a great cast Going into the past, they had such an amazing cast, and I even liked the new cast with Sophie Turner and those characters, and they still screwed it up with the X-Men. What do you think? Because I didn't even see the new movie, because it was so poisonous, the reception around it. Uh, the new movie was um, was dark. I mean, it was dark. It was messed up. Like but said. so was Deadpool and Logan, and those won a ton of awards and did great at the box office. Yeah, well, the thing with Dark Phoenix was pretty was dumb because, man, you fucked up with Professor X. Uh, um, Professor X being the, the the guy who wants all the attention as the bad guy, and Magneto is a good guy. 
and so they did they fucking did x3 last stand all over again god damn it mm. unbelievable yeah and by the way simon kimberg yeah. wrote x-men last stand so for all of simon kimberg's greatness he's responsible for arguably the two worst x-men movies yeah and then they killed off mystique don't literally kill off Jennifer off. Lawrence. You just don't do they, it. They killed her. They killed her. They literally killed her. And I was like, really? Wow. Why don't you kill her? For and this is why Fox sold. Back. This is why Fox sold. This is exactly why Fox sold and Disney bought. Fox fucked it. Fox fucked it all. But it's not just that. The Fantastic Four, they screwed up in three movies. And yeah, they, they had a reboot and then they fucked it up. They had like black actors. They, no, no, uh, no, 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 It's worse than that. They had Kate Mara, Michael B. Jordan, and Miles Teller, who were three of the most in-demand young actors. Forget their race and gender. Those three are the most, some of the most in-demand actors and in great movies across the board in all sorts of films as leads and supports. Michael B. Jordan, Kate Mara, and Miles Teller. And they screwed it up with Josh Trank, which is exactly why... Josh Trank doing the Boba Fett movie was they put the clamp down on that immediately uh, with Kathleen Kennedy when she got a sniff of what kind of guy Josh Trank is. And now he's out of the industry. Fox is almost as bad as Warner Brothers. I think a discussion that we don't have time for here is who is doing a worse job of managing a major uh, comic book property, uh, Fox, who's now sold to Disney, or uh, Warner Brothers. Um, I-, I would agree with you that Fox is more egregious because there are people who like Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad, and they're actually doing a Suicide Squad 2 with James Gunn, which I am actually going to give a chance because I like Margot Robbie and I like James Gunn and Viola Davis, so we shall see. Um, even though I couldn't get through the first one, I love Wonder Woman. I didn't see Aquaman. I know people liked it. I didn't see Shazam. I know people liked it. DC is more hitting than Fox. I agree with you. Fox is more of a disaster. Yeah, Fox is right. I don't know. Heads up. Uh, I'm just going to it. Um, Aquaman was fucking dope. And Shazam was fucking great. Funny. Great. Was Aquaman um, dope or was what's her name just super hot? <laughs> um, no, Aquaman was really dope. The, the graphic was great. The choreograph yeah. is great. The black, um, black, was it black man? It's like asking me about Valerian. Like, asking me about Valerian. Man, Valerian, the, the, the sci-fi fucking movie with the aliens and shit. Uh huh. Yeah, Valerian was pretty dope. I, like I thought it was terrible, but I find Cara Delevingne so easy to watch on screen, and it's it's very pretty and colorful. It's way more interesting than Avatar. I'd happily put Valerian yeah, in the background just to watch Cara Delevingne and the aliens. That's how I feel about Aquaman. Is like I could watch Mira uh, and, and shirtless Jason Momoa, even if I don't even know what's coming out of their mouths. You know, I'm not really that interested, but it did seem well done. It was really well done. Amber Heard thought is what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, ha, 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 come on, come <laughs> yeah, on. it's like with uh, chris yeah. pine and gal gadot wonder woman her steve trevor had to be a hottie because she's hot yeah. right and that's yeah, why thor was. needs natalie portman because inarguably Chris Hemsworth and Natalie Portman are two of the most attractive people at their age in their mid thirties on the planet. And 
let's be honest, right? I mean, let's be honest. Let's be honest. That's the thing that Scarlett Johansson has always pulled off that I've loved is that she's clearly beautiful and sexy, but Scarlett Johansson has this cute thing that she does where she can sort of distract from it and you kind of forget about it and just fall into her roles, you know? Um, I'm not saying Amber Heard didn't do a good job because I didn't see Aquaman, so I'm not going to make a decision. Uh, and I'm assuming Zendaya did more than look pretty in Spider-Man, but I don't know. Maybe she just looked pretty. Um, I'm totally trolling mm-hmm. you here. Abdiel's <laughs> not biting. Abdiel's not biting. Okay, so since we don't, you didn't even know about Blade, so you can research that. Yeah. They got the two or three time Grammy winning Mahershala Ali, who was also in Spider Verse and was Cottonmouth and uh, Luke Cage to be blade who specifically asked for it and they just gave it to him that's what basically happened with chadwick boseman by the way i had been i had heard i've told the story in the business class before i don't think i've told you i had heard before the chadwick boseman announcement that he was the front runner to be t'challa um uh, for them uh but he's a little bit older than people think he's in his early 40s already (laughs) Which, you know what, works out well, because after Black Panther 2, guess who's going to take over the Black Panther mantle, I think? His, his sister. Shuri, yeah, who does in the comics. He yeah. goes off with Storm, and Shuri takes care of business. So, yeah. we'll have to research that for later. So, what wasn't announced, we've sort of said the X-Men, X-Men and Fantastic Four. I just want to make one uh, mea culpa which is I thought some element of the defenders would be preserved in this new world, but it seems definitive that Jessica Jones, the Punisher, Daredevil, Iron Fist, Colleen Wing, Claire Temple, Misty Knight, uh, Luke Cage, and everybody else is completely out of the Marvel universe at this point, which to me, even though the seasons were inconsistent, is a major, major bad decision. When you hear about things like the Eternals and other bizarreness that we're reading, I don't care about Angelina Jolie. I love Kristen Ritter and Luke Cage. I I love both Iron Fists. I I actually want to see where Iron Fist goes. I think Daredevil has more seasons. John Bernthal's an Academy-level actor. You know, uh, Kingpin, obviously, we know. Academy-level actor with Vincent D'Onofrio. Just really quickly, man. I mean, I'm not saying this is the definitive death knell of everything having to do with the Netflixes of the Defenders, but there's no mention of any of it in any of this. And to me, unlike Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Inhumans, which I'm happy to say goodbye to, even though there's some good stuff, I think it's a mistake to get rid of all the, these Defenders characters. Uh, thoughts about that, and then we'll go for, for, to our final, final thoughts. I think it's fucked up that they get rid of them. Like, seriously. Which one do you think... Um, let me ask you this, because me and my dad argued this ad nauseum. Uh, so of all the Defenders properties uh, or characters, let me. it's a two-part question. You can answer one or both. Which do you think, if they were to come back, is most likely to? And if it's different than that one, which one would you most like to come back? So can I... Can I uh, tell you mine as an example, and then it'll sort of make yeah, sense. Sure. Okay. So I actually have both as the same, which is Iron Fist and Colleen. I think the upward trajectory of Iron Fist from season one through the end of season two, now with Colleen taking over, but 
Danny also being a version of the Iron Fist as well with the gunslinger. To me, the upward trajectory of Iron Fist is higher than any of the other. Daredevil had three what I considered near-perfect seasons for me personally. I would love to see more Daredevil, but I loved how it ended as well. Iron Fist, especially because Finn Jones and especially Jessica Henwick are the youngest, you know I got a thing for Jessica Henwick. She's 26. Mm -hmm. She's been in Star Wars. She's been in Game of Thrones, but mostly she's been Colleen Wing. And dude, when she's with the white katana and the white Iron Fist at the end of Iron Fist season two, I am just like, hell yeah. Give it to me. It's a young Asian woman who's an amazing fighter. She's doing indie movies that she produces. I mean, she, you know, as young Asian women go, I mean, is really at the forefront of all this stuff. They've already signed Elodie Young or Lodi Young, uh, who played Elektra, to play like a dark queen in like a Disney Plus fantasy folktale series or whatever, which I'm sure will be great. She's super talented, but they got to keep Jessica Henwick. So for me, man, I don't know if this is helpful to the question opposing to you, both what I want and what I think is that they would preserve Iron Fist, but those were the ones that were the lowest rated critically, so I, I, I could be way off on that. Jessica Jones is the one that was the most watched, uh, but in arguably the Jessica Jones seasons went down in quality, in my opinion, even though I love JJ to death as it went on. So I'll throw it to you. Of the Defenders characters, and I love the Punisher, by the way. I'll take John Bernthal back any day of the week. Um, but Punisher 2 wasn't as good as Punisher 1. Who would you like to see brought forward from the Defenders if they bring anyone? And by the way, Maybe this is the way to connect Spider-Man. I've heard there's Daredevil references in the new Spider-Man movie, but again, I haven't seen it. Mm, Luke Cage. Daredevil, I don't know. Daredevil mentioned in Spider-Man. But you want to see Luke Cage? Nah. Yeah, for me, it's Jessica Jones and Luke Cage because they're a married couple in the comics who fight together and have kids. Like, Why wouldn't they have them fight together? That would make the most sense. It's Jessica Jones and Luke Cage to me. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's end on spoilers from Spidey. Give it to me. I haven't seen it. I don't care. We're, guys, if you haven't seen Spider-Man, you don't want spoilers. Okay, give it to me. Was there, was there, was there Spider-Verse stuff? Was there Multiverse stuff? I know there was a mid credit sequence. Give me the spoilers from the Spider-Man movie because I want to know how this is leading forward. There's no such thing as a Spider-Verse in the Spider-Man movie. Oh, okay. No, what's the thing of Spider-Verse? Um, so Jake Gyllenhaal's not from another dimension or another time period or something? No. I mean, Mysterio is a trickster. He's like freaking... He's Loki. Loki. Yeah. He's Loki. Yeah. He's Loki with uh, fake armor. Um, fake armor and a great beard. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Captain America passed away in old age. Trivial with him. And by the way, uh, what you just described about Jake Gyllenhaal was my biggest uh, disappointment uh, of many uh, in Thor Ragnarok was that Kate Blanchett's Hela, I thought was going to be an equal and partner to Thanos, and they made her just a dumb, unfunny villain in, in Ragnarok, which I thought was a big waste. Mm. So you're saying Mysterio, nothing, nothing to write home about. No, Mysterio was just a trickster. He was this guy with like who built these these holographs 
that Tony Stark just literally took over and just said, nah. But Jake Gyllenhaal is known for playing very disturbed characters. Why do you think he would take on that one character other than money? Um... He plays a good role of tricking people. Like, he'll take him, like, he's a very serious guy to be like. Like, you're rooting okay. him to be on Spidey's side, even though you know he's not, kind of thing. Yeah. Exactly. Because, yeah. you know, he, he does he does a good role of acting like he's serious and he's like. So I don't see the movies because I saw that in the trailer. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. No, but it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, is there uh, a bigger yeah. bad guy above Mysteria, or like, is there a bigger threat? Nope. It's so just it's just a post Avengers. So it is Avengers three point five or four point five. It's dealing yeah. with the epilogue of Endgame and Spider Man and Tony Stark yeah. and John Favreau. And Mysterio's, yeah, and Mysterio's using all that, right? All that shit. Because, so he's not know, from an alternate timeline where shit got fucked up and wants revenge and stuff like that. No, he's just taking advantage of that okay. whole incident. So what w- what you're saying is. This, the fact that the Spider-Verse introduction can't be erased, right? We know the multiverse exists from the Spider-Verse. And now we've got Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, May 7th, 2021. We can connect right, those two things, but you're saying that this current Spider-Man movie doesn't do anything to, to connect those two things. No, because in okay. Spider-Man, what's it? Spider-Man 2 or Spider-Man, mm-hmm. yeah, Spider-Man 2 or 3? Uh, Miles Perales' uh, cousin, um, I forgot his name, the Prowler, was got you know got arrested by Spider Man, and he was like he literally said his name, and that was a little hint of saying that yeah, Miles Perales' uh, cousin, the Prowler, is there, and so that means that Miles Perales is coming out as a as a new Spider-Man, but no, nothing has to come up from that. Hmm. Yeah. Is that scene when, um, in the car robbery and Spider-Man shoots his web fling at the guy's hand and the guy told him like his name. Can I, can I make a big point here? That's going to sound cynical, but I don't want it to be cynical. So hopefully you'll understand. Right. Is this Spider-Man movie just in a plus cash grab post Avengers? No, it's in terms it's, of p- tapping into your feelings and emotions, but not really adding anything to the universe the way we've been talking about the last two hours. I mean, it it grasps it grasps because it's um it blends in with uh with the Avengers and it goes on with saying that like Peter Parker might be the new. Iron Man, everybody wants That's not going to happen. Shuri's the new Iron Man. Or Doctor Strange. I mean, or Captain Marvel. No, it's not not Doctor Strange. It's going to be the Iron Lad. It's Shuri. When you combine brains and technology, it's Shuri with the Black Panther suit. She's... She's smarter than her brother. She's more morally upright than her brother. You give Shuri the Black Panther suit. Forget about it. Or or the Iron Man suit. She'll be the first female Iron Man. Was it necessary to take Spider-Man out of New York City? Uh, did it serve any real purpose to have him go far from home? Um. Yes, because, mind you, everybody is 
they call it the flip. Everybody came back to the flip. Um, the whole world is confused now because most of the people who didn't get to the flip aged and the people who have been flipped are staying the same age. So they do deal with the and time travel stuff. Okay. Yeah. So everyone's dealing with the time travel mm. and dealing with. It's like Paul Rudd with his daughter who's much older, right? Is that what we're talking yeah. about? Okay. Exactly. Cassie. So everyone's yeah. dealing with the, yeah. with the whole flip going on. Who, by the way, by the way, I I didn't never love the Ant Man movies, even though I love Paul Rudd and his comedies. I never loved the Ant Man movies. I love Paul Rudd and Ant Man in the Final Avengers movie. To me, he's one of my un- unsung heroes. MVPs of the Final Avengers movie was was Ant Man. I loved his performance in the final movie. I just wanted to put that out there. If we never see him again, uh, I see. I love Ant Man movie. Great, funny. I, I don't dislike it. I'm just giving him credit for how much I loved his emotional and comedic performance in the final Avengers. That's, that's it. Right. Cause without I him, they like, got nothing. He jumps out and he goes, I got time travel. We can make this happen. You know? And everyone else is like, uh, yeah. how do you feel about captain Marvel right now? Uh, captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's okay. Yeah, um, she's okay. She's way, she's she's a character who at the moment is way better in the comics than the movies. Um yeah. it has nothing to do with Brie Larson, who's captured the character quite well, but the writing for Carol in the comics of Captain Marvel is much better than the movies that we've seen so far. And so I would say, dude, uh, my final thought, and I'll give you final thought. I mean you can have as many final thoughts as you want, but my final thought on all this is I think Doctor Strange 2 is going to be cool and interesting because they've built up the mythos and we're going to get Elizabeth Olsen and Benedict Wong and some great characters. I'm actually excited about Doctor Strange 2. I need Captain Marvel 2 to be more interesting and more dimensional because, dude, in the comics, Captain Marvel is like Starbuck from Battlestar, man. She's a maverick. Mm -hmm. She's a badass that makes bad decisions sometimes. As powerful as she is, she's very emotional and she's very selfish. And she makes bad decisions. She's friends with Dazzler, dude, from the X-Men. Her other best friend is Jessica Jones. Like, her friends are all these, like, really disturbed chicks in in the comics. And they make her just a straight-ahead badass, like Ray in the movie. I think that was a mistake. And I don't care what the story is about. They have to dimensionalize Captain Marvel in the movies. Because Carol in the comics... I already know from what I've read is more interesting. That's my, my thought. You don't have to. I mean, uh, I agree. Yeah. Uh, comic version is very better than live action. All right, dude. So, uh, somehow we kept this going almost two hours. I don't want to keep you anymore. It was a lot of speculation. I know this is tough. I, I do this constantly on my podcast. And so it comes, you know, probably too easily for me. So I want to give you time to talk about what you're most excited about, what you were disappointed about, what you're still waiting to hear about, a- anything like that. Final thoughts. I'm, uh, I'm giving to you and then we'll have to wrap this up for now. And then we're going to do our Starcraft podcast next, man, which I can't wait for. Yeah. Um, ex- well, I'm excited to see if they could. Uh, well, the new Spider-Man is going to be great. Let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. Tar- and, uh, Let me put it this way. Female- I'll be more specific in the question. So, 
for, we'll start with movies. Of the movies that we uh, announced or speculated on, if you could sit tomorrow in a theater of your choosing by yourself in the greatest theater with all the popcorn and whatever you want and see that movie tomorrow, what would it be? Um, Thor. Fireman. Thor. <laughs> yeah. For me, it's Thor. For me, it's definitely Thor. Mine but, would be. But I'm a homer for Venom. all those. Mine would be Venom number two. Uh, yeah, Carnage. you're a Spidey guy. That's the thing, man. You are you are a real Spidey guy. I got I got some nerd friends, podcasts, big Spidey guys. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Okay, so of all the television shows, and we didn't talk much about Loki or What If in some of the shows, and there's some other speculated ones. So of all the shows that we talked about or we mentioned or we know are coming, if you could binge the 12 to 14 episodes of that show tomorrow with, you know, no, no work, no consequences. You just want to binge the show. Which one would it be? Um, okay. No, 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 that we know are coming. Oh, geez. For yeah. shows. You want me to um, run, run them by you real quick? So we've yeah, got Falcon winter soldier. We've got uh, WandaVision, we've got Loki, we've got What If, we've got Hawkeye, um, and I mean, we know there's other ones. Uh, I'd go for Hawkeye. I kind of agree with you. I'm between WandaVision and Hawkeye, but they're related because of Wanda's and and Clint's relationship, so I'm I'm with you. Mm. I think the problem is... Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan are such great actors and they're so good together. But after the black widow, I don't know if Falcon and winter soldier can live up to winter soldier level goodness. If that makes sense. I think the black widow is just going to blow everything away. Um, but that's, it's not a fair mm. comparison, but yeah, I agree with you. I really want to see Hawkeye with his daughter teaching her how to be a bow and arrow assassin. So, all right, man. Well, thank you so much for being on. This was great. Uh, I really needed to talk this out, as you can tell. Uh, any final thoughts, desires? Uh, my final thought on all of this, man, like big picture, is that I was ready to take a long break from comic book movies in, other than Wonder Woman, which I knew I was going to be excited about. I was ex- uh, After Avengers and Black Panther, I was expecting to take a long break and be happy and watch Star Wars and independent movies and be fine. But I am not only am I way more excited about Phase 4 than I thought um, based on this lineup, uh, but... I think I'm going to like Phase 4 more than Phase 3, where I was not thrilled about Guardians 2. I was not thrilled about Thor 3. I was not thrilled about Doctor Strange. I was not thrilled about Captain Marvel. I had a lot of problems. I was not thrilled about Spider-Man Homecoming, man. Um, I, I wasn't thrilled, other than Black Panther and Avengers, I wasn't thrilled with a lot of Phase 3. I'm really excited about Phase 4. Um, but again, Marvel could disappoint me with being, you know... <laughs> Uh, overly juvenile uh, at, at times, which is what DC is trying to stay away from. But with the PG-13 rating, everyone's falling into the trap. So I, I, I don't know where it's going. That, that's my final thought. I'll leave the rest to you and we'll sign out. Alrighty. Um, damn. You want Tom Hardy? Where- you want Tom Hardy yeah. being a psychopath? Yeah. That's yeah, great. Tar Hardy going. Yeah, I want to go Tar Hardy going psychopath. This is the thing. I have no interest in Venom ever, but now that it's in the fold and they've got Tom Hardy, I'm like, okay, I gotta just suck it up and watch it. 
because I love Tom yeah. fucking Hardy. Yeah, it's gonna be Carnage, and it's gonna be dope. I can't wait. People who hate the Dark Knight Rises. I feel bad for because if nothing else, Bane is such a deliciously great villain in Dark Knight Rises because of Tom Hardy, in my opinion. Tom Hardy is great. He's, He's crazy. So great. He's absolutely great. Okay, final, final question. Something completely non-Marvel movie or television you've watched or been watching you want to recommend, and we'll let you go. Um, Black Lightning. I've heard great, great things. Black Lightning is really good. So it's not CW, but it's DC. It's was it Netflix DC? Uh, Netflix DC. Mm-hmm. Which they need now more than ever. Um, and actually, the Star Trek stuff is going to leave CBS All Access to come to Netflix. Netflix is desperate for material because they just lost everything from Disney. Uh, <laughs> try, yeah. guys, try searching uh, Star Wars, Marvel, uh, any of the animated series. Uh, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Avatar, like literally anything Disney owns is not on Netflix right now. So, um, it's going to be an interesting time, man. That Disney Plus as a channel can d- physically deliver all of this material, um, and and make the shows as good as they want. But when they have Elizabeth Olsen and Anthony Mackie, Sebastian Stan, you know Paul Bettany, Tom Hiddleston. Jeremy Renner, you know, Academy level actors and actresses doing television. Um, it kind of makes agents of shield seem pretty, um, amateurish, Mm -hmm. but maybe that's part of the process, right? Yeah, I agree. Okay, man. My final question to you. Do you want to know what happens to Kerrigan or did I already spoil it? I think I already spoiled it for you. Yeah, I already, I already watched it. I already watched the ending of the whole Protoss. Uh, I had chills, man. Honestly, campaign. as those StarCraft campaigns went on, chills, 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 chills. The way they made Kerrigan a good guy again and then a god, basically, to save all of the universe, I did not see coming. I totally yeah. bought into. I had heard the nerds hated the whole thing because they thought it was cheesy. I watched all of it, and I loved it. I, I thought it was great storytelling and just shows what you can do with a video game. You know, it doesn't have to be. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be next time. Starcraft. Definitely. Awesome. Definitely. Well, thank you, Abdil. Do you, you don't generally promote social media and stuff. Anything you want to promote? Um, mm, there's political causes, about. foods, um, cars, uh, literally anything to promote. Um, not really. No. Well, I appreciate having you on, man. Definitely. It has been a pleasure. Definitely same here. And uh, we're definitely going to do a a Star Wars gaming primer uh, for people at some point because there are some great Star Wars games out there and you know about them and I'm interested in them and watch videos all the time. Um, It's a great way for people to get into gaming, which you and I love. So that's another one. Yeah. So for gaming, stick around. Clone Wars are coming out for Legion and also Amada and already X-Wing is already doing the Separatists with the Naboo Fighters and the Droids. So, yeah. So, which works amazingly with the fact that Clone Wars saved is coming back and everyone's losing their mind because they've, it sounds like they've wrapped on, uh, on the final Clone Wars season and now it's just post-production. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's we'll see Ahsoka and Rex versus Maul so badly. Oh my god. Oh man. Uh, well, we had to mention Star Wars because it's me and you. All right, buddy. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you, Bizzlecast listeners. I uh, would like to promise you that this will be the first and only and definitive version. And it is the first and definitive version. It's probably not going to be the only one. I know my boy Simi wants to talk about this. We'll see about Jedi Geek Girl. We do our Captain Marvel commentary. But I will, again, Abdiel, I will say every time I write Marvel off, they come up with some ideas that I didn't see coming and gets me interested. And for a big giant studio, especially Disney, which I criticize a lot, um, I criticize their animated division. I criticize doing live action of Lion King and Aladdin and so forth. I criticize Pixar. Not all my favorite, but with Marvel and Star Wars, they keep, for the most part, seeming to make good decisions or at least bold decisions right right yeah all right guys i'll have a wonderful night we certainly did thank you for joining us thank you abdil thank you bizzlecast listeners may the force be with you but for now the bizzlecast is out